This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Francis can't help himself, he really can't. Whenever he's presented an opportunity to undermine preconciliar theology, philosophy, and liturgy, he takes it. I have for you today two stories of Francis doing just that. First, the denigration of Catholic moral philosophy and the official theology of the Church. And second, his co-opting of the great saint of the Reformation who defended the liturgy against efforts to make it more Protestant. Here we see an unfortunately common theme with Francis, his willingness to disregard the truth in the name of pushing his own heretical program by undermining and co-opting the great saints of Catholic Orthodoxy. Buckle up for this one, folks, because it's uncomfortable. But, as is unfortunately necessary from time to time, let's check in with the unique expression of the Roman rite of liturgy so we can see what mass the powers that be in Rome apparently are okay with while demanding that all forms of rigid reverence be smashed to pieces. What you're seeing here is an actual mass a Spanish-language mass, and I know it's Spanish-language because they are dancing to Spanish pop music, and it's copyrighted, hence why you're not hearing it. But this is at the holy sacrifice of the mass, and this happens, and things like it happen, in far more places than we care to admit across the Novus Ordo wing of the church. Pray for the church. We live in the aftermath of the document Traditionis Custodis, promulgated 14 months ago, and while that document and the accompanying documents that have been issued on the liturgy since Traditionis Custodis was first published all call for the Novus Ordo to be offered with reverence, these insulting liturgies, like what I just had to unfortunately show you, are permitted to thrive in many parts of the world. I've shown you Masses from America, where priests bless the laity with guitars in hand. I've shown you Masses from Italy, where priests offer the holy sacrifice on the back of bicycles or on rubber flotation devices on the beach with barely dressed participants. And now you've seen a Spanish language mass that is a dance party where all semblance of being at the foot of the cross of Christ at Calvary has been abandoned. That, folks, is the springtime of the Church of the New Advent in one clip. That is permitted in the Church in our time. And at the core of the issue is theology. What does Francis believe? What do the modernists believe? And what does Francis not believe? Whenever Francis speaks about theology, he comes off as sounding way out of his league, out of his depth. Not all popes need to be theologians, but the ones who are not theologians shouldn't speak much about theology. They can tap other people to do that for them. Whether Francis is pope or not is irrelevant here, since the world thinks he is pope. And when he speaks about theology, people listen. And since the vast majority of Catholics support the job he's doing, they're going to take him at his word. Francis spoke to a gathering of Thomistic theologians in Rome last week, and LaCroix was happy to report on the story, and they did their very best to make Francis sound like a deep thinker, like he had profound thoughts. Instead, what he was doing was attacking Thomistic theology, calling its systematic approach to providing consistent answers to moral questions that do not change over time, quote, distilled and a, quote, laboratory theology, while mocking the underlying assumptions of the faith and, well, frankly, of that school philosophy, where Catholicism is, you know, actually the true religion. While I'd never say his depravity never continues to surprise, the truth is that whenever you think Francis has hit a new low, he soon follows it with something equally or more eye-opening. 
From the LaCroix article, we get this a clear attempt to make Francis seem like a deep intellectual thinker, when in reality he is just another nasty modernist who doesn't respect the faith even slightly. And we get this quote. There are certain Catholic intellectuals and pseudo-intellectuals tied to the neo-scholastic tradition who have always questioned the theological credentials of Pope Francis, seeing that he is one of those rare Jesuit priests that never got a doctorate. The Pope is probably not too worried about their critique, given the negative experience he had with scholasticism when he did his theological formation. Quoting Francis here directly, I studied in the period of decadent theology, decadent scholasticism, the age of the manuals, he confessed during a 2019 visit to Naples. He said, we used to joke that all the theses in theology could be proved by the following syllogism. First, things appear this way. Second, Catholicism is always right. Third, ergo. In other words, a defensive apologetic theology shut in a manual. We used to joke about it, but that was what we were presented with in that period of decadent scholasticism. During that same gathering, the Pope repeated his well-known aversion to what he calls quote-unquote laboratory theology, which he's defined as a type of intellectualism that's disconnected from people's real lives and experiences, calling it, quote, a pure theology distilled like water, which understands nothing. No doubt at least some of the 350 people who were in Rome last week for the 11th Thomistic Congress were familiar with that address, and it may have been in their minds when they set out from the Dominican-run University of St. Thomas Aquinas, best known as the Angelicum, where the Congress was held and went to the Vatican for a private audience with the Pope. Francis had a prepared text, but he set it aside and spoke extemporaneously. The main point he wanted the Thomists to understand was captured by the Catholic News Service headline, which gave to its report on the encounter, Honor Aquinas, don't instrumentalize him, Pope says. He then criticized those who basically twist Thomas's words to support their own ideas and ideologies. St. Thomas was a light to the thinking of the church, and we must defend him from all these, quote, intellectualistic reductionisms that imprison the greatness of his magisterial thought, the Pope said. End quote. You know, as Dr. Peter Kwasniewski stated on Facebook, Francis tries to sound profound when he says these things, but in reality, he's an intellectual non-entity. The truth is, Francis has others who do his theological thinking for him, and that's probably a good move on his part. And part of the reason for that is that because he doesn't get Thomism, because Thomistic theology is actually Catholic. Strictly speaking, according to Pope Leo XIII, Thomism is the official theology of the Catholic Church. And we know that modernism is functionally the official theology, but you know. What Francis is saying there is that he wants a malleable theology, a relativistic theology, one that can change, can adapt to meet the ever-changing perceived needs of the people. As the morality of society continues to degrade, we need a theology that can be flexible and change to be still appealing to the degrading morality of the day. What Francis wants is a Catholic church that is popular in the eyes of a world blinded by sin and subject to the chains of sin. That is what he wants, as evidenced by his permissiveness with the synodal way, which has resulted in bishops' conferences from around the world, not only in Germany, but here in America, Ireland, Australia, you name it, all calling for the normalization of sin and vice in the church. And the laity in pretty much every part of the Western world calling for the church to stop being so rigid and to accompany sinners in their sin. 
this isn't the first time Francis has played fast and loose with the theology of the church, with history, or rather, basic tenets of the faith. Just last week, Francis was invoking Pope St. Pius V in his remarkable words on the rosary, while also telling the faithful that Pius V reformed the Mass, and that his, uh, meaning Francis's reform of the Mass, is apparently in keeping with Pius V, despite the fact that Pope St. Pius V did not promulgate a new Mass like Paul VI did. And instead, he suppressed new forms of the Mass that were younger than 200 years old, while preserving the ancient form in what we call the TLM, or Tridentine Mass today, while tightening its rubrics. Francis is repeating a popular misconception of the work of Pius V when he says that, but again, Francis plays fast and loose with the truth on a routine basis. Headline from the National Catholic Register. Pope Francis. St. Pius V teaches us to seek truth and pray the rosary. The Holy Father recalled Pius V's commitment to recommending prayer, especially the rosary. Look, I will be the first to say that it is a good thing when he tells people to pray the rosary. You can never go wrong telling people to pray the rosary. It's never a bad thing. Credit where it's due, but that's not what we're after here. Be prepared to witness Francis taking St. Pius V's words and turning them to use for his own program of synodality, because everything in the church points to synodality right now. From that article, quote, The teachings of Pius V, quote, invite us to be seekers of the truth, Francis said, September 17th, in the Vatican's Serpentine, Paul VI Hall, to Catholics from northern and central Italy. Jesus is the truth in a sense that is not only universal, but also communal and personal, he said. And the challenge is to live the search for truth in the daily life of the church today, of Christian communities. The search for truth, Pope Francis said, can only take place through personal and community discernment, starting from the word of God. He explained that the word of God comes alive in a particular way in the Mass, in both the Liturgy of the Word and the Liturgy of the Eucharist, quote, where we somehow touch the flesh of Christ. St. Pius V, he said, reformed the liturgy of the church, which was then further reformed four centuries later at the Second Vatican Council. In these years, much has been said about the liturgy, especially its external forms, but the greatest commitment must be placed so that the Eucharistic celebration actually becomes the source of community life, Francis said. He also recalled St. Pius V's commitment to recommending prayer, especially the rosary. Pius V, quote, faced many pastoral and governance challenges in just six years of his pontificate, Pope Francis said. He was a reformer of the church who made courageous choices. Since then, the style of church government has changed and would be an anachronistic mistake to evaluate certain works of St. Pius V with today's mentality. So too, we must be careful, he added not to reduce him to a nostalgic stuffed memory, but to grasp his teaching and witness. With this, with this insight, we can note that the backbone of his entire life was faith, end quote. And there he's categorically rejecting that co-primum is binding on anyone. Now, it's true that St. Pius V reformed the liturgy. He banned all forms of the liturgy that were less than 200 years old at the time he promulgated co-primum, and then attached an anathema to any attempt to write a new form of the Mass meaning anyone who tried to promulgate a new Mass would be automatically excommunicated. It is worth noting here that scholars are divided on whether that anathema applies to popes or only to bishops who have been known in the past to try to write their own form of the Mass. I mean, that was a problem, hence why Quo Primum was promulgated. But Francis is here once again playing fast and loose with the truth and with history. Pius V suppressed new forms of the Mass in defense of tradition and orthodoxy. Paul VI attempted to suppress 
the same mass that Pius V was defending. And Francis has attempted also to suppress it. So naturally, Francis co-opts the great saint of the liturgy for his own purposes and doesn't let a little thing like the truth get in his way. First St. Thomas, then St. Pius V. Francis may not be the brightest theological mind in the history of the church, but he's not stupid either, folks, and do not underestimate him. He knows precisely what he's doing. Francis has a knack for taking the icons of his enemies and co-opting them for his own purposes. He's done it before. He'll do it again. And it takes a real talent to be able to do that and to do it well. Before you know it, he'll find a way to do the same with Archbishop Lefebvre. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. And frankly, if he tries, I almost await the day that he tries to do that because it'll be very entertaining, to say the least. What did you think of this story? Is Francis swinging way above his weight class when tackling scholasticism and Thomistic thought? Is he right now he's using St. Pius V? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, as does sharing these messages on social media. That helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.